This is ComScope Crosstalk. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Mike Reardon. We're live at Data Center World in Austin, Texas. Record well, I guess we're live. We're live now, but you're not hearing it live. It's it's a recording. But anyway. We're here today with Bill Clayman, board member with Neuro. Welcome to the show. It is it is a pleasure to be here sitting at the Comco Comscope booth. I'm looking around. There's still so many people at the expo hall, and this is wonderful. I love doing these live conversations. You can hear in the background, everybody listening, hear that murmur? That's right. These are data center folks. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And you're not just the board mayor of Neuro. You, there's a lot of other things you do. Tell me a little bit about what else you do. That's right. Uh, and thank you so much for having me here, Mike. Yeah, uh, I Yes, I'm a board member for Neuro, and we do some really advanced work with generative AI and uh, all this fun stuff that you're hearing about LLMs and ChatGPT4 and so on. Uh, but we make it possible for data centers so they don't lose this new internet race, right, that hyperscalers are kind of beating them on right now. Um, but outside of that, I'm the program chair for this wonderful conference, Mike, that you and I are sitting at right now, AFCOM Data Center World, also contributing editor to Data Center Knowledge. And you know what? Just a fan and a lover of technology and certainly the data center industry. Man, that's great. That's great, Bill. So listen, one of the things I like to do, just to let the audience get to know the guests a little bit, I like to ask people about their interest in music. So real quick, thinking about the music you love, what's your favorite song or album and why? Do you have something? It's, it's funny you're asking. There's, there's a little bit of a background to this. Uh, I'm not from this country. I was born in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, and some of you might know that. My name is Vitaly, not really Bill. And when we were in the, in the former Soviet Union, Soviet Ukraine specifically, my brother would play like bootleg albums of the Beatles. And, you know, even back then, we would, like, listen to Michael Jackson and so on and so forth. And ever since then, I remember coming here to the United States, and my brother would buy, like, a, you know, an LP or a CD or something. And I would always, always enjoy uh, the Beatles. If we're going to talk about specific albums, um, my gosh, I don't, I don't, I, there's a, several that I like, but uh, big fan of Yellow Submarine, Yesterday. Um, nice. And just, just really the wonderful Beatles songs that you just close your eyes and mellow out to. So I say as far as band, the Beatles... And really, right across all of their all of their song spectrums and albums that I, I've just really enjoyed listening. So there we go. I mean, I, I like more modern stuff. I'm into EDM. You know, Armin Van Buren, Tiesto. Those guys are certainly fans of my. Or I'm fans of theirs as well. But you know, yeah, classics are pretty good too. Wow, that's great. What a great answer. Okay, look, so you're, you're more than just a speaker here. I mean, you're mm -hmm. very connected to this conference. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you've walked around, you've talked to a lot of people. What, what's jumping out at you right now? What, what, what do you like about the show this year? Um, what, do you, what do you think is in, in impressive to you? What's fascinating? What are you taking away from this? Holy cow, Mike. First of all, I want to make sure you know that this has been a record-breaking crowd, and we're oh. sitting in a booth here in a hall that's got a record-breaking uh, um, exhibitor list as well. So we've been growing year over year and it's been wonderful to see all these people coming in here and connecting. Uh, holy, my goodness, you know, I, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, if, if you can imagine, you're probably, you're not surprised by this, but obviously generative AI, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, chat GPT. When we were in the keynote hall today in front of 2,000 people, it was actually just the other day, excuse me, we asked this question, how many people in this room have opened the website or used OpenAI and ChatGPT? My goodness, Mike, everybody listening, 95% of the room raised their hands, wow, right? Wow. And I remember somebody saying, Bill, this is just going to be another fad, like Tesla's taking over the world or autonomous vehicles or like Zoom during the pandemic. I'm like, well, if you ask the question, how many people have a Tesla or an EV, a few people will raise their hands. Many more have used OpenAI. These technologies, right, 5 million users in one day, 100 million users in only two months after its launch, it's un. Precedented. So everyone here has been talking about how are these things going to impact us. 
Um, what are we going to potentially have to do with them? How do we how do we um, facilitate infrastructure to support this? Really interesting stat. I'll tell you really quick. Uh, there is research done from Google recently that said a, a single Google search can power a 100-watt light bulb for 11 seconds. It consumes about 0.3 kilowatt hours of energy. And our, our research scientists at Neuro, our PhDs, they took a look at, um, at what they do with machine learning and, and like a chat GPT session, for example. And what we found is that a single chat GPT session will consume about three to four kilowatt hours of energy, 50 to 100 times more powerful than now. If Mike over here is going to be asking a GPT engine to create a 50-slide PowerPoint deck with animation, believe me, that's going to be even more power. So we've been talking about power systems, efficiency. We've got somebody presenting on the Solution Expo right now talking about gallium nitrite, new types of battery technologies that we can start using. Um, really, really fun and innovative things really across the board. But honestly, I think my, my biggest pleasant, very pleasant surprise is how open this industry is right now, especially to learning more about these new advanced systems and more importantly, how, how they can embrace and, and use these technologies. There was a really great session uh, hosted by a company that does generative AI and ChatGPT specifically for data centers so they could embrace this. And they said something really, really powerful. And everybody, I want, I want you to listen to this. They said that data centers used to be the foundation of the internet. Today, they're the foundation for humanity. And we have, wow. to, we have to design these systems with a human-first mentality. It's not about making that car go faster. It's about saving lives, creating critical systems that help us think better, create genomic sequences that potentially create new cures for incurable diseases. That's the human approach. And that's what all of these facilities, that's what this conference is about, is understanding the human impact of technology. And that's been really fun to listen to. That's impressive. Say that again. Okay, it used to be the foundation of the Internet. Today, it's the foundation of humanity. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Okay, what else? What else have you seen here that is, that is uh, that's jumping off the page at you? Uh, you know, the, obviously there's been a lot of conversation around things like security, physical security. I'm looking around this conversation, or this, this expo hall here, you see some really cool gates back there. I'm, wow. It's funny, Mike, I'm pointing. Everybody listening here is like, Bill, we can't see you point. Stop being silly. But if you take a look around, there's a lot of really cool security systems, gates, new kinds of, uh, um, you know, front door entry systems. But really, how do we protect our systems a lot, a lot more effectively? Another really interesting topic has been around sustainability, using solar power more effective. My goodness, Mike, there was a presentation just the other day um, that showcased an underwater data center. Now, Project Natic from Microsoft did this, but their facility was a little bit larger. You needed specialized barges to lower them and pick them up. Uh, in this case, we, we saw a fully you know, contained nitrogen fill, so inert material that could go about 100 feet underwater. Um, and you're talking about a seafloor bed that you can get from the government for about $4 an acre. Do you know how much an acre costs in Northern Virginia? A million dollars. So uh, yeah. you're talking about a perspective that's much better here. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's all this innovation, 3D printed modular data centers running on hydrogen. Mike. Wow. Insane. So we, we see, I, I make fun of our industry sometimes. You know, we, we love innovation as long as it's 10 years old. But I feel, <laughs> I, I feel, I feel that's kind of going away very quickly because you, you either innovate or, or you go away. There's, there's a really interesting analogy that's happening right now. If we go back to the 1930s and look at a gas station, right, those folks sold gas and oil and they were really good at it until somebody came to them and said, hey, listen, you should start selling Snicker bars, lottery, and Pepsi because you're going to make more money than, than selling gas and oil. Well, right now we're at that precipice. We're at a place where data center leaders sell power and racks and capacity, but they need to expand beyond that oil and gas kind of concept and say, well, all right, let's sell a Snickers or a Reese's cup 
and see what happens. Um, and that's what's happening with these new technologies, these new systems that we're talking about, and data center leaders, co-locations as well as enterprises, and embracing, embracing what is going to be a unequivocally more connected future. Wow. Okay. Now you've already talked a little bit about the future, right? Mm -hmm. Where do you see the data center industry moving in the next ten years? What does it look like? Oh man. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of maturity in our industry and, and, and what we've been doing, uh, and, and it's, it's been fundamentally interesting to see how, how we've been maturing. Cloud computing is a great example. The AFCOM State of the Data Center Report, which I'm an author of, I'm very proud of, it's the seventh one that we've written, uh, and if you're an AFCOM member, you have access to it, and if you don't, my name is Bill Clayman, send me a note on LinkedIn, I'll be happy to give it to you. Um, in that report, 83%, Mike, 83% said that they are experiencing cloud repatriation. Now, before you yell at me, if you go out there and start tweeting, Bill, saying that the cloud is going away, I'm not, I'm not saying that, please. Uh, what I am saying is that there's a maturity, right? Where in the past, we would say things like DevOps or Kubernetes clusters, default answers to the cloud. Now we're saying, well, what's the value behind it? Maybe we keep some of it on-prem and put some of it in the cloud so we can work with it a little bit more effectively. Mm. Um, so we're seeing a maturity in our industry. And honestly, I'm so, so excited to see how we are embracing these new technologies and um, and beyond, beyond even embracing new technologies, understanding how they work, how they impact, there's an entire new division of people called FinOps, where their sole jobs is to quantify and qualify and understand the cost of cloud computing. And that saying of you're crazy if you don't go in the cloud and you're crazy if you stay in the cloud um, is, is very viable right now. But a lot of people are understanding how, how do I balance that a little bit more effectively. So, you know, in today's keynote talk, we heard everything from quantum computing to generative AI to conscious data. And my goodness, if it's if it's all super relevant in, in an, an economy that is, again, much more connected. But I think, uh, to answer your question specifically, over the next five to ten years, I, I really have no doubt that it is 1999, the internet is right around the corner, it is 2006, the iPhone comes out next year, and we have this chance to capture something really special, working with data, working with these new systems. And, you know, I implore everybody listening to this really wonderful conversation I'm having with Mike, don't be scared. Don't be scared of these new systems. We're not creating Skynet. These things are not that smart. They were, they're trained for what we want them to do. They're not making decisions out there. Um, obviously, if you give a very smart AI system access to a lot of red buttons, things might happen, but we are certainly not there yet. Uh, these solutions, especially when placed in the right hands with good people, are designed for humanity, to save people, to make life better. Um, and that's what I, I truly believe that. You said, don't be scared. Do you think that people see AI as that thing that... If you don't give it access to the red buttons, it'll figure out how to get to the red buttons on their own. There's, there's, a, it's, I think it's called general uh, artificial intelligence, and and that's when you start to really have a sentient singularity where it can it can make those decisions. We're, we're not we're not there yet. We we're not we're not literally not there. These are compartmentalized large language models, text models that are being trained to do something very specific. Mm. Um, it's 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 not about giving them access to it. If you if you open up a ChatGPT session and you stare at it. Nothing's going to happen until you interact with it, right? And, that, and that's the idea. These things are waiting for our input to do something or say something. Um, so I, I don't think it's scary. I mean, I'm, certainly there's a concern for people who might think, oh my God, it's going to take our jobs. Well, 
you know, the car saved the horse. What do you want me to say, right? And the Tesla's going to save the car. And the Mustang is not going to go anywhere. People are just going to pull it out a little bit less frequently as they drive their Tesla or their EV. Mm. Um, the, the future is, is going to happen. And artificial intelligence and machine learning, these new systems that we're hearing about, this is not the AI of 10 years ago. Please, everybody listening, understand that this is not, you know, old school linear data streams that you have a trigger, you report on something. This is what I like to call conscious data that is capable of predicting the next word or next iteration or something that you train for it to do. So think of like a virtual assistant or um, a, a virtual, you know, building inspector that you can upload entire plans to. And they can do something really fun with you by inspecting what you're trying to build. Um, and then, you know, putting something really special forward to, so that you don't have to spend hours and hours. Now, there's a question. They said, Bill, if, if this AI can replace, let's say, a junior programmer or a junior construction engineer, well, how the heck are you going to get senior designers and senior engineers? Well, the reality is it's not here to replace you. It's to be your co-pilot, right? Junior engineers, instead of spending eight hours writing briefs or, or doing research topics and all this stuff, are, are now going to say, well, I'm going to spend an hour reviewing what this thing has generated, and I'm going to review more of them. Right? Instead of just one for eight hours, I'm going to do eight for one hour, right? They still get that experience, they still get the visibility, they still get the training, and they still get to evolve. Please understand, if, if GPT prints something out and gives it to you, you, you should review it, right? And you should make sure that it's viable before you set it out of the world. I feel strongly that even with the most advanced technologies, even with very, very high levels of accuracy, it's, it's here to augment us. We're going to be piloting, and these things are co-pilot where we're going we're gonna to do something great together with it. You're passionate about that. That's it's, awesome. I just want to make sure that we're all educated. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt is the ball and chain to innovation and us being well able said. to bring us forward. Well and, and, you know, whenever there's fear, it's from a lack of understanding. And it's okay. It's totally fine to be scared of something new. That's, that's honestly kind of scary, right? But I love the statement you made that the, what did you say? The, the car saved the horse. That's just awesome. It, exactly. I've never heard that before. That's great. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true, effectively, right? I mean, a lot less poop on the streets. Um, but now we have, you know, unfortunately, poop in the air. And, and so we're, we're starting to, to evolve away. In 2035, GM is stating that they're going to have an entirely EV fleet. And, and, that's, and that's just wild, 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 wild in itself. Um, if you take a look at the automotive, automotive industry, uh, that is, um, it's, it's extraordinary in the sense of how that's a blink of an eye. So this evolution, it, it's here, it's happening. Do not be afraid of it. Learn. I like it. This has been a great conversation. So wrap it up. Um, closing comment, closing thoughts. Uh, as you go out in the future, don't be afraid to ask questions. Our industry, especially the data center space, is, is, is extremely critical to what we do every single day. We are a connected, connected space. Um, and, you know, there are going to be scary, I'm using air quotes, I know you can't see, scary things that you have to be concerned about. Um, but don't be concerned about them. Go out there, educate yourself, ask questions. You know, if something sounds crazy, just, just do your own research and make sure that it's something that, that's viable to you. Um, but again, it, these new systems, these things you're hearing about, my final thought is take technology from a true, truly human approach and, and, and really embrace these new systems and things that you're hearing about. And if you don't know what it is, research it, ask questions. Hey, I'm available. I, I love talking about this stuff clearly. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid. Go out there and most of all, just, just be kind to one another. If people want to talk to you, how do they reach you? LinkedIn? BillClayman.com. I am all over LinkedIn, all over Twitter. My Twitter handle is adquatstack. Um, there is a story behind that. We don't have enough time to talk about it. Um, but find me, BillClayman.com. I am all over LinkedIn. Please, let's continue this conversation. Bill, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure being here. Um, and thank all of you for being here. For more information, go to BillClayman.com. My name is Mike Reardon, and this has been... 
Comscope Crosstalk.